Welcome to the Lingerie Stories, an uplifting community of storytellers. I'm Dee Dee Crossland. Today I am so excited to have my guest Elizabeth Dale, who is an internationally renowned breast expert and author, and the founder of the incredibly popular TheBreastLife.com. This is a website and safe haven for women to learn about breast health, including breastfeeding, enhancements, or other surgical procedures and options. You can find Elizabeth's top picks in best swimwear, sports, and nursing bras, and the newest styles in lingerie. Elizabeth's goal on this site is to teach women from AAA cup to double K, so we're kind of covering almost everyone, to love and embrace their bodies during every phase of their life and liberating them from the old school bound up views and boosting self-esteem. After years of various impactful lingerie stories and experiences, either personally or with her friends and family, Elizabeth became inspired to write her first book. Boobs, A Guide to Your Girls, and that actually received a starred review in the Library Journal and was named one of the journal's 2007 Best Consumer Health Books. After the book's publication, Elizabeth became a much sought-after speaker and educator. She had been invited on almost everything, Good Morning America, The Tyra Banks Show, BBC World News, and was even featured on the New York Times, Cosmo Glamour, Men's Health, and the Sunday London Times. She's also a regular contributor to the Huffington Post, where she offers her own unique hands-on approach to the topics of breasts. And now, most recently, Elizabeth has launched the release of her newest book, The Breast Life Guide to the Bra Zone. This is how to find your ideal size, style, and support. And I have read this book, and it is a must book for anyone who wears bras. It's easy to follow and completely erases the mystery and frustration when bra shopping. Okay, let's meet this lady. We have so much to talk about. Welcome, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for coming and and doing this podcast with me. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Okay, so let's start talking about your past lingerie story and what led you to creating thebreastlife.com and everything that you're doing now. So you're a mother of three. Yes. uh, A daughter of a breast cancer survivor. You've gone through your own surgery with a surgical breast lift. So can you tell us more about the personal experiences and why and how it was the catalyst to your career direction now? Well, um, what was really interesting is I was taking a a writing class at the very same time that I had gotten my breast lift. And if people don't know what a breast lift is, it's just like when you've lost a lot of weight, they remove the extra skin around your breast. So you don't really change sizes at all. But I went from somebody who was kind of like rolling up my boobs into my bra to okay. just having boobs that <laughs> right. fit in a bra. Yeah. And uh, so when I was going through the surgery and I was coming out of it, uh, the teacher said, oh, write something you're passionate about. And what I realized, I was really passionate about how our breasts change our entire life. Like we always talk about ourselves as one cup or, you know, one size, but really we're all these multiple sizes because we go up and down and, you know, go through childbirth and we do all these things. And in my case, I lost a bunch of weight through running. And so I had the surgery, but then after that, I went through menopause and changed again. So my boobs actually got bigger as one out of five women discover um, your breasts will get bigger in menopause. So, so much that surgery I should have had a breast reduction and not a lift but that I was writing a short story in this class and everybody else was writing memoir and so I called it my memoir love it I found out that all of these other women and men had stories about breasts that they wanted to share and the thing that was ran in you know the thread that ran through all these stories were, were questions about do bras cause breast cancer? 
Um, you know, will my boobs get saggy if I don't wear a bra? Just all of these different questions. And I decided that women really needed a resource that had personal stories plus advice from experts. So I came up with this idea for the book Boobs, A Guide to Your Girls, my first book, which was published in 2007. Right. And I pitched it to an agent. Uh, the agent signed me. We came up with a book proposal, pitched it to a publisher, and sold my book before I wrote it. Nice. That yeah. was the beginning of my boot journey. That I, and that basically shows what a need that book was, you know, that for them to say, okay, yeah, let's do this. Because it obviously, with all of the hundreds of stories that I'm sure you had heard at that time, or you were kind of sharing, and I'm sure more so when you were researching for the book. How did you research for that book? Um, oh, different ways from talking to doctors, physicians. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, physical therapists. I mean, there was like a whole bunch of people that I interviewed and it was really sort of the beginning. The internet was just starting at that time. Right. So what's interesting is people were, they, they really didn't have a place to share those stories. Now they have a place to share those stories on multiple platforms. Right. Yeah. There are more of them out there, which I think is a good thing. I think yeah. it's a very good thing. I don't think it's a bad thing at all. I think there should be um, more places for women to talk about and discuss what it's like to live with breasts because we see them everywhere, right? They're on billboards. Uh, we sell everything, you know, from, you know, beer to what, I don't know, everything in the world is sold with boobs right? And, uh, <laughs> because they're so attractive. And, but we don't really talk about it. We don't talk about how it feels to develop. Um, and, you know, there's all sorts of issues and there's certainly a lot of issues for, you know, children who are, you know, trying to determine their sexual identity and yeah. things like that body is changing so there's a lot of stuff out there which is really why I, write, I wrote this book the second book because I wanted to be inclusive I wanted to include you know transgender women I wanted to include men who wear bras um, not just the cross-dressers but the men who develop breast tissue yep. as a side effect of taking medication so all of that is part of you know that's the journey sorry can't it's not a short story no and it's good and I, I can imagine that you know all of those stories and inspiration um led to the building of your blog the breastlife.com and you were one of, again one of the pioneers to be in that blog social media arena can you speak to how you kind of reinvented yourself through the years maybe even setting your fear aside to pursue creative potentials and and such well I think it really came out of raising three children I spent you know really their entire childhoods I kept telling them okay the only thing you have to do in life is you have to fulfill your potential and I don't care if your potential is flipping hamburgers somewhere <laughs> in a greasy spoon you still have to fulfill your potential and pursue your passion and really when my children got to be you know high school college age I had to stop and think whoa no one's telling me that and I have a lot more of my life to live and you know, nobody really talks about that. You know, we sort of like see women who are older sort of disappear. Certainly they're not prominent in the lingerie world at all, um, which is sort of like, I think, why I'm so loud. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, we don't see that anyplace else. So, you know, that's really I had to give myself permission and uh, sort of just go out there and do my thing. And what I found is it's a, a really good example to my children because right, now yeah. they see that you can pursue any of your passions and it doesn't have to be a career necessarily, or it can be a career, mm -hmm. but the idea is to pursue and explore your potential, your creative potential, whatever that is. Yeah. And, and how have you seen that progress for you throughout the years? Well, I think first, you know, in writing the book, which was huge, uh, yeah. that 
you know, that took me from being someone who was a stay-at-home mom, although I was always in the car, and uh, and basically focused on, you know, helping my kids through school and raising money for fundraisers that impacted my kids and, and charities and things like that, to getting, you know, to switching to get women to be more charitable to themselves about their breasts, and that's really where that transition came through. So, you know, writing was huge. I always loved to write, and it was something that I enjoyed doing in different aspects of my life. Um, you know, writing grants, doing things like that, but to really get into it and then blogging all the time. Right. Um, yeah. You know, you really get your 10,000 hours in when you start blogging a couple times a week. <laughs> While you were building and growing your site, um, your media site, um, what was one of the breakthrough highs and what was one of the lows while you're, because we've all had them. And how did you learn from that? I think the let's start with the lows first. Okay. I think the biggest lows were having to redo my site all the time as the technology changed right? and not understanding what that took and having to start from ground zero and having your site like go black and not even have it when you think that's what you're working on. Yeah. I think those are probably the biggest lows. I think the highs have continued to be the same highs I have now. It's when I can really help someone when they find me. Um, I got a phone call the other day, which is bizarre. I answered the phone, and this woman was from the Midwest, and she's been following my uh, website for a while, and she bought my book, and she wanted to know about one of the resources in the back of the book because she couldn't find them online. Well, it turned out they were a newer brand, and they've gone out of business already. Okay. Um, but I was, we ended up talking for like 20 minutes. Nice, and yeah. It just felt really good. I mean, I know that's one person, but I think that's really helpful. The other thing, too, is that, you know, um, I've really created a safe space on my website for men to talk about bras, which they didn't really have before. No, you're right. Yeah. And so now I have, you know, basically thousands of comments on my blog and I have a separate section uh, for men with breasts. And it really, you know, they're talking to each other. They're like, very happy that they have a place to go and can compare notes and ask about brands and find out about retailers that will fit them. So it's, that's been really huge because I think that that was a a group of people that really were ignored. I mean, there still are niche areas, as you know, Mm -hmm. in the lingerie world. I mean, I, I think basically it's those women who have, you know, small, who are small busted, but broad through the chest. They, they don't have a lot of, product out there to choose from and then of course women who you know who are smaller and more petite as well um you know there are some bloggers out there but the small bus bloggers aren't as um there aren't as many of them as there are full bus bloggers still and i think that that's what's so special about your site is that you're not only just providing industry information you are making such a difference and that's why i really love your site but let's, you. you're welcome. Um, let's move on to your book, your recent book. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and I, so I'm going to just say this for everyone. I have, I've obviously read your book. I loved it and I, and I loved it for many reasons. I'm going to tell you why. Um, but, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel that the book is primarily focused to, with your target market being the consumer. But with me even being a lingerie industry um, insider, I learned a lot. Like, I think that that is probably because the book was written with a very inclusive point of view. You know, you speak of including with being inclusive in your first book with with the stories and the people. But what I like about this is that you you were very inclusive with um, industry people like brands and retailers and other bloggers. Um, And how did you kind of seamlessly marry that all together with all that research and 
My process was to try to break it down. I mean, I think you do this with a book anyways. You come up with an outline of what you wanted to cover. Like, I always knew I wanted to have sports bras as a separate chapter. To me, they're a whole other animal. And can that... I just say thank you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've been thanked by more than one person. Oh, for my gosh. I hate it. I hate, I hate sports bras. I don't anymore, but I hated them. And now I, you know, now I know that, you know, the difference between, uh, what is it, encapsulation, no, yeah. compression and encapsulation. So see, I'm, yeah. I learned a lot. I know, but you know who, who, the people that love that are the trainers and the people who work, the women who work in gyms and also the athletes because, For sure. the, yeah, I mean, you know, we really didn't have much. I mean, people forget about Title IX in the 70s and that women weren't really, you know, they didn't have access to competitive sports the way they do now. Right. So yeah. this is really, a, you know, a whole new generation of sports bras from the very first one that was basically, you know, uh, sewn together by two jock straps. The jock bra. <laughs> the jock Oh, yeah, that was the very first modern sports bra. But I mean, they were wearing them back in ancient Greece when, you know, women were competing. They were like binding down their breasts. So, you know, bras have been around for centuries. But um, to get back to the inclusivity part, I think for me, you know, I wanted to put in all the aspects of um, the bra industry that I hadn't seen someplace else before. I don't think people understand that they can use lingerie bloggers as a resource. Mm-hmm. They can find a blogger that's their same size, um, same, you know, chase. I mean, most of the bloggers are younger. They're going to be, you know, in mid thirties and, and younger, but still you can see people with different tastes and there's so many more of them out there and you can learn so much from a lingerie blogger. No, there really they're is. Yeah, they're doing the groundwork for you. You know, yeah. they're looking at the brands, they're trying on stuff, they're washing it, they're telling you if it works. And, um, you know, they're, that's a great resource to have. That wasn't around even, you know, five years ago. There weren't as many as there are now. I know. So, it's been remarkable. It is. Yeah. And also the whole thing of, you know, with the Internet, we, you've got these brand new brands that are going out there and doing crowdsourcing funds and right. starting up. So there's that's another way. That didn't exist five years ago either. And then, of course, the ability to now buy internationally from anywhere in the world right. is great because there are certain, you know, sizes that are really made in other countries. So it's good to have that. So none of that to me, it seemed to be covered in one place before. And that's what I wanted to do there is to try to get and also really to take the mystery out of, you know, bra buying. Yes. I, a great bra fitter is your is the best person you can go to. But some people Absolutely. live in the middle of nowhere. You know, True. what are they supposed to do? Right. So they, you can figure it out on your own, yeah. you know, and, and all that choice also means that you need to have somebody directing you through that as well. No, and I think that's a great point. And, and that's just it, is that a lot of these bloggers are very niche, like, you know, from just petite girls or something that, you know, you may not cover. And so there's a lot of people out there, people. So if you can't find them, you, then you have to buy the bra zone, how to find your ideal size uh, yeah. style and support. And she and you list them, right? So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you buy the book, the addendum has um, just a, a whole, you know, three or four pages of retailers and bloggers. Yeah. And- um, and other resources that you can do, but um, also you get a code in the book that gets you onto my website that will give you links to all of those nice. and more because I'm going to be updating them as I continue with the books. Awesome. That's awesome. Um, okay, so let's jump ahead and, and ask you a couple random industry questions. So who has been one of your biggest influencers in the laundry industry? Well, there have been quite a few, but I think that some of the people who have been around 
longer than I have and been more involved are the ones that I really look to. I mean, I certainly Cora from Lingerie mm -hmm. Addict has been a huge influence because she really says things that no one else is saying about lingerie. And she's talking about, you know, populations and groups of people and things that go on like, you know, ethical manufacturing and things that I probably wouldn't be paying that much attention to. I mean, I know it's out there, but she gets in, she keeps changing her writers and comes up with new stuff all the time. So I follow her also, um, Ellen from the lingerie briefs from the aspect of being in the business as long as she's been, um, has been an amazing resource just to kind of see the perspective of what's gone on the last four years, you know, and that to me has been fascinating. And even some bra fitters. Another person that really influenced me is Freddie from the Evening Fit School because she has basically taught hundreds, if not thousands of uh, fitters uh, how to fit properly. And one of the most important things she said, and it's in my book as well, is that she doesn't fit women in, across their chest. She actually fits them up here, and she pointed to her head. Really, I mean, you know, you think about it, our breasts are the outward manifestation of our femininity to the world, and they speak for us in so many ways, but they're also an important part of our fashion sense and how we look at outwardly at the rest of the world. So if we're wearing a beautiful prom, we feel good about how our boobs feel, then you know, it's just going to help us go out there into the world and feel better about ourselves. Oh, for sure. It's definitely a confidence builder. Okay, I'm going to ask you a fun question. I've asked this question before, but I love hearing the answers. What is one of your, uh, one lingerie fad that you wish stayed forever and one that never happened? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it's actually the same one. The, the plastic bras, what are they called? The silicone bras? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's just so frustrating for anybody above a certain cup to True. live with that. You know, it's like so depressing and they stick with you and they don't stick on right. And you think what's wrong with my boobs. Um, sort of like you feel like when a bra doesn't fit. But I think one of the ones that I, I wish uh, people understood or, uh, and, it, and it seems to be coming back now a little bit is the whole braless movement. Mm -hmm. You know, there was this whole idea of you could go out into the world and not wear a bra, but that was sort of a joke because people would judge you for not wearing a bra. Right. You know, that's still the same thing as it is now, right? It's like, you know, you have to wear a bra. Well, I choose to. I love to wear bras. I don't think they're terrible. I don't have any bra hate going on, but I think women should have the choice. I think they should have the choice to be able to wear one or not, and it shouldn't affect how anyone thinks about you. I went braless yesterday, just saying. <laughs> I was at home. <laughs> yeah. I know, but most of us don't, you know, the study show that most of us won't, won't leave the house without one on. Yeah, yeah. I know. That's totally true. I think yeah. that's sad. I mean, yeah. I think especially for smaller breasted women who, who don't have an issue with support and it's not painful for them. I think it's really terrible that we have, you know, entire websites devoted to saying that they're having a wardrobe malfunction. Sure. No, it's not a wardrobe malfunction. It's a choice. Yeah. That's a good point. I like that. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm going to totally change things because um, you are, I'm going to get a little bit more personal and you have a very diverse life that maybe not everyone knows about. You are a lady of many skills and you're a comedian. So, okay, tell me everything. Go. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I the love great thing about living in Los Angeles is that you can take advantage of everything that they have to offer here, including a lot of classes. So I took a stand-up comedy class last October 
because as, as I say, at my age, I was running out of ways to publicly humiliate myself. <laughs> and uh, so I, I it was on my bucket list. I always wanted to do it. So I ended up taking the class. And then, of course, you know, at the end of it, you have, you know, your 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 senior day where everybody comes, all your friends come to watch your act. And, senior um, day. <laughs> well, you know, it's like graduation day, right? Oh, oh OK. OK. I'm like, you're I'm not like, that old, Elizabeth. <laughs> no, no, I'm close, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to uh, and I lie about my age sometimes to get that discount. Oops, I shouldn't <laughs> say that probably in public. But um, no, we had our graduation show and it's a little addicting. And once you start doing it, it's sort of like people wanted to book me and you have your seven minutes and I started meeting more comedians. So I've continued to do it. Um, do I, will I do it the rest of my life? Well, I don't really know how many more minutes I have to left to live, but um, it is it's really, I think, healthy to get out of your comfort zone and do something different and learn a new skill. Um, and so it's been enjoyable for me from that standpoint. And, uh, and I think I was sort of always kind of practicing my act at the trade shows anyway. Right. Uh, in conversations with other people, you know, I would make jokes. And so I've incorporated some of that stuff, even though I don't specifically talk about bras in yeah, my Yeah, I remember you saying that, yeah. Yeah, so I, I talk more about being an older woman, and living in L.A., being single, and what that's like, and, uh, you know, things like how, you know, I mean, I, I just turned 60, and, uh, oh, and I... Belated. Thank you, and, you know, that's great and all that, but what was really hard was finding out that the new face of, um, you know, 61 is Christy Brinkley. Right, yeah. And I'm really, yeah. really... <laughs> like I, I grew up with the Golden Girls. I was thinking Betty White was going to be my standard pair. Right. You know? <laughs> uh, and now I got to compete with a woman who's been a supermodel for forty years. This so. sucks. No way. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that's the kind of stuff I talk about. But it's fun. I think it's good. It's healthy to do something different. And uh, you know, and who knows? You know, if the book doesn't do well, maybe I'll be playing in little small towns near you. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. How long have you been doing your comedy? Just since last October. Really? So it's pretty new. Yeah, it's very new. And but you know, you can actually get booked quite often if you have the time to go out and get on stage. You can get on stage a lot in LA. Probably a lot easier to get on stage in LA than it is in New York. But um, there are a lot of clubs and they want people. So that's good. I talk mostly about aging because that's something that people don't talk about. Yeah. Uh, Most of the comedians are much younger, and uh, you know, again. Um, I just had for my my first grandchild, you know, and there's things like that that people aren't on stage talking about. So that's way more fun. Um, but, you know, there are people who talk about serious stuff. I mean, they're it's really interesting to see the women. I mean, we we talk about, you know, comedy, but oftentimes comedy has sort of been, you know, uh, reserved for men only. And most of the major comedians are men. And when you go to most of these shows, there are male comedians. But, but women get up, they have something completely different to say. Right. And, and it's really interesting from that standpoint. I mean, there's a com- comedian here in L.A. who um, had breast cancer and she had a, you know, a double mastectomy. Mm-hmm. And she's on stage and she takes off her shirt and she talks about breast cancer. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So, you know, I don't think there's really anything off limits when it comes to comedy. Yeah. Um, but Certainly, I think it's very important to hear um, women's voices in comedy. Yeah, I love that, too. I, I want to go see you. <laughs> you oh, well, tell me. Come to LA. Okay, I will. I will. Um, okay, so it seems like you're mastering that skill. What If you could master another skill um, that you don't have right now, what would it be? Probably accounting. 
Seriously, I am so cruddy with numbers and tech stuff. And I love it. actually love the tech stuff, but I get bogged down in the details. So I think I would be better at details. And and if I could have a, just a, a skill that I didn't have to ever use anywhere else, I think it would be um, I would be able to play guitar again because I used oh, to play good. guitar when yeah. I was little. So I yeah. actually have a guitar sitting in the corner of my living room right now that's just getting dust on it. Nice. It's, Kind of a bummer. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> playing it though right now, but yeah, yeah I think I, numbers and strings. Okay. All right. Last yeah. question. Just to wrap up the whole lingerie story. Um, what is your favorite lingerie story? My favorite lingerie story is talking to a woman who is starting up a lingerie boutique and she had been in a completely different career before she decided to do this. And so her and her girlfriend decided they were going to open a boutique together. And, uh, they were in the dressing room trying on different bras and she saw her friend topless and she was like, Oh wow. Her boobs aren't as perfect as I thought they were. (laughs) And I think that, you know, we realize we, we see all these breasts everywhere and that speaks to how um, we don't really see women topless in the sense, unless it's a really sexualized or, you know, like game of Thrones kind of thing, but we just don't go to the beach and see women of all different sizes. And we don't realize how different everyone is. And there's, you know, we're all perfect in nature, but, you know, this is how different we are just every day that it's it's part of who we are. It's like yeah. our eye color. And yeah. we, we tend to think that there's a perfect breast out there, but there isn't. They're all just unique. That's true. I like that. That's very good. Yeah. <laughs> it's very connective. Um, well, thank you so much. I am so glad that we finally got together and we were able to do this. I really appreciate uh, you listening and um, and also doing this podcast with us. Thank you for having me. And yeah. it's so see you. I know. So, yeah, we're see, we're doing this by Skype, everyone. And yeah. don't forget to check out Elizabeth on thebreastlife.com where you can buy her books. You can learn some tips and tricks and shop her favorite products. So thanks, everyone. And we will see you later. Bye. Check us out at thelaundrystories.com and see all the ways you can connect, see, and hear our stories. And if you sign up to our newsletter, we can keep you updated on future guests, tips and tricks, and upcoming contests. But most importantly, if you have a good story or you know somebody who has one, please email us at info at and let us share your story. Talk to you soon.